The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Lambert. And my name is Travis Bean, and I gotta say, Chris, I'm I'm pretty excited about today. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we finally, finally, finally are back to the line by line analysis. Yeah, that, but I on top of that, like we haven't done it in a while and I'm a little anxious and I'm glad we have a song that's really going to ease us into it. You know, one of these simple songs that there really isn't much to say about. There's only a few lines and I can't imagine this taking more than 10 minutes, right? <laughs> you already made me put my like face in my hands just over the sheer idea of well, like all why? this stuff. Uh, why is that? Uh, I, I have to make happy hour here in like a few minutes actually. So can we make this quick? <laughs> Yeah, I think for people that may be catching up with a lot of Kanye's process, the dude loves using references, allusions, samples to really bring in context and subtext from works outside of just the lyrics that are on the page that really give depth to what's being said and uh, giving Kanye a Bible and having him make a, <laughs> a Bible album, he really really takes it to the next level this motherfucker like i thought hey look jesus is king like it's not a long album all the songs are pretty short like this is going to be easy this motherfucker's got the same loaded with references <laughs> he's got me looking up verses like making crazy conspiracy theories this is like harder than any other season so far i feel like yeah because i've never read the bible in fact <laughs> yesterday when travis and i we're going over things. I was like, oh, the Bible really does begin with Genesis, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, weird. But I'm 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 learning and putting things together. And I've just read so many of the Psalms now. Like I'm quoting like Corinthians to people. <laughs> Plus, we have a lot of people who do know about the Bible who keep messaging us and just like educating us. So it's by the end of the show, I think we're gonna be experts. Yeah, and for all you who are well versed in the bible please please uh give us please. a little bit of patience when it comes to maybe uh some of the interpretations of concepts i think we get the gist of it but there might be some details we may miss here and there so if you have uh some insights and you think that there's something that we should know by all means email us uh tweet at us if you dm us we don't read as many dms these days uh but definitely like reach out in some way 
yeah, you, you'll be mixed in with the thousands of DMs we get. Uh, on the other hand, if you email us, there's only a handful of you guys. <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, I don't know. Do you have any other preamble before we get into every hour? Oh, man. I No, other than like I'm really fucking excited because to me this is classic a classic first track from Kanye. Like to me, there's just as much to talk about with every hour, which is a seemingly simple song that Kanye's not even in. I, I feel like I could say just as much about this song as I could about Ultra Light Beam because again, of Kanye being a storyteller first and foremost and setting up so much in the subtleties of the song because he is an artist and this is this is what artists do. You know, they don't. It's not that they want to. Um, it's not like they're looking to make their art uh, hard to digest or anything, but Kanye as an artist, like he's, he's pulling from the things he knows he's pulling from the Bible. He's pulling from his inspirations right now. So like there's just a shitload packed into the song that you wouldn't immediately realize. No. And I think we should maybe get people on kind of like the grander concept of what the album seems to be doing just in terms of structure wise. Uh, we see it operating in what's called a, a cheesiastic, cheesiastic structure. I think it's um, chiastic. Chiastic. Oh my god, how cheesy of me! Chiastic uh, <laughs> structure. That's a five-one-five. So you have one half of the album that has a certain tone to it, and then a pivot point. That's the that's a one in the middle, and then the last half that is a contrasting or juxtaposing tone that kind of mirrors in some way the rhythm or concepts of the first half. And you get power and concept through the juxtaposition of those halves and the tipping point that's there in the middle. Um, And we really see that Kanye on previous albums often uses the first track as most novels use the first chapter. Most movies use the first scene to really set the tone and set up what the character journey is going to be and just give the viewer kind of a taste of things to come. And it would seem every hour is along that same line. Like, as you said, there's not a whole lot of Kanye here, same with Ultra Light Beam, but it kind of puts into place the foundation of the journey that we're going to go on. In this case, reaching a point where you're singing every hour, every minute, every second. Yeah, and the other important thing to note about chiastic structure, you know, we're positing that this is the structure of the entire album, and it's it parallels ancient Hebrew poetry. You know, it's very opposite from what we're used to in like Western art, books, TV, television, uh, movies. Um, ancient Hebrew poetry, you know, that's the genre that Psalms are written in, and it and our resident preacher, Washington Throne preacher Emilio, he said we should call him that, and I'm going to do it. Um, he said that basically, you know, Jesus is King is kind of designed for repeat listens because it, because it has that flow, like it goes from one spot to the other. It's not like it has beginning, middle, end. It kind of just goes in a wave and it kind of feels cyclical in that way. Um, that it's designed for multiple repeat listens, just which is the exact same way the ancients would interact with the Psalms. You know, they're meant to be meditative and they're supposed to make you think and you're supposed to keep going over the words and digesting them and see how they apply to your life and everything. So, um, and I mean, here Psalms are very song-like by nature. And here we have starting the album, 
a gospel song, pretty much just a straight up gospel song. It's, I don't know that I find that all like super fascinating and very interconnected. If the cool thing about Kanye and Kiasic structure as well is that uh, Kanye has talked about that he first got the idea for the church when he was in the hospital in November of 2016, after he had had his breakdown and was getting treated in the psych ward and was really um, in and out of it, like trying to recover due to the stress of the tour, uh, his bipolar really acting up and this being his first kind of diagnosis or serious um, medical event with his bipolar disorder. You, he said that that was when he first had the idea for starting a church. And it seemed that he had started to get back to religion in 2016 with The Life of Pablo. Uh, the album had a ton of religious elements. Kanye, uh, the night of release, had praised uh, Paul the Apostle and said that the album was actually the life of Paul, the life of Pablo, uh, and that Paul was the most powerful messenger. We know that the story of Paul was going from a sinner to a saint, and that's what we see the overall story and arc on the life of Pablo being. He's caught up between a sinful life or a life of faith and family, and he eventually chooses faith and family over uh, some of the sinful indulgences that he details on Father Stretch My Hands Part 1, famous highlights that really are in the opening part of the album where he's experiencing that tension. Um, but coming out of this increased association with his faith, with reading the Bible in 2016, 2017, heading into 2018, as Kanye has been studying this more and more, what do we see with Ye and Kid See Ghosts? We see both of those albums have a 313 structure. It was Kanye's first attempts at uh, chiastic structure. And we see him looking at the idea of darkness next to light on mm -hmm. Ye. And you have the three songs that are the dark thoughts, the pivot point of what it leave, and then the three songs that are the beautiful thoughts that come out of the darkness. And Kids See Ghost, you have them in the dark place of their mental health before finding a sense of... Uh, self-ownership and self-destination like and self-control that is associated not just with uh, self-control, but with faith in God. And the last half of Kids See Ghost really looks at positive mental health being a byproduct of uh, a positive relationship with yourself and a positive relationship with God. The last lines that we hear, Lord, shine your light on me, save me, please. Um, so we could see Kanye kind of testing out this chiastic structure in 2018 and now he's using it in a much more relatively maximal way on Jesus as King where it seemed like those 2018 albums were a testing ground. Yeah. And I think the coolest part of it is, you know, in our overview episode, we were really framing as it as, you know, this five, one, five structure and the first five songs are, kind of in a negative place and the last five are in a positive place. I'm starting to question that a little bit, mostly because I, I do think Kanye has grasped the chiastic structure way better than he did on Ye and Kitsy Ghost, where the first half of the album is kind of like dark and scary and unwelcoming and, you know, not a good place to be in. And by the end, like he's learning how to be better. I mean, this entire album is him praising God. Like he, 
even though he starts out the album like kind of angry and as he notes it not christ-like uh, <laughs> i i think there's some element of it that like connie's still fighting a good fight you know he's still on god's side he still has is wearing the armor from god and he is ready to fight for what he believes in which has a lot of good qualities to it uh so i think that's interesting here because then that that lends better to me to the chiastic structure because then like it really does become meditative like it really does become this moment where you can look at yourself and think about like what you're putting out in this album and like what your energy is and, and it really speaks to him being bipolar it, like there's a difference it's not necessarily good and bad like yay posits it's ramped up and calm and relaxed and thoughtful and it's i think that's really what you're seeing here in the album like and that's why every hour is such a key song because it does kind of have this manic upbeat energy that we see from kanye when he's ramped up and everything being sudden in the song is great but it carries that attitude that we see from kanye when he's ready you know when he's ready to lay it down and like fight and stay up for what he believes in it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because we talked before about the duality that was starting to be present on Kanye albums. Um, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, even in the language of that line, the contrasting poles of uh, beautiful and dark, like beautiful mm -hmm. and twisted. Uh, Yeezus, you have half of the guest features uh, showcasing vulnerability and the other half of the guest features showcasing uh, this ego and bravado and those two aspects of the Yeezus character, those two aspects of Kanye uh, really competing for dominance or um, primacy in which one is he and which one is guiding his decisions at a time. And then Life of Pablo, you see him again torn between two aspects, uh, the which one being on the cover over and over again. And then on Ye, you have I Hate Being Bipolar, It's Awesome. On Jimmy Kimmel, Kanye talked about how it wasn't a opposites thing. It was kind of a, a simultaneous thing. And yeah. maybe that's a way of seeing this too. Like it's yeah. not an opposites thing. It's just the like two different energies that can occur at once or be present in the same person, this calmness and more of this intensity. And that's something that Kanye has uh, battled with himself. Yeah, totally. Hmm. Ooh, that's a lot. It's a lot of preface material right there. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so now we get to the <laughs> lyrics. Uh, do we, though? Because I kind of wanted to talk about First Corinthians. Yeah, oh, because the title. I mean, so the song title, Every Hour... The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com.
you know, when you look at the the lyrics themselves, every hour comes up a lot. It would make sense. It's kind of the overriding mission statement, sing every hour. But there's a basis for that. There is. And before we do that, like, I feel like we should address the fact that we're going to be researching the Bible a lot this season, because I feel like some people might take issue with us just taking a phrase like every hour and searching for it in the Bible and then applying meaning to it. Yeah. I, so we had noted just a few minutes ago, Kanye throughout his discography has used references and samples <laughs> like movie references, song references, lyrical references. He sampled and interpolated songs to always bring them in and provide this deeper context or meaning uh, to the songs. I think that the only time we've ever encountered Kanye using a reference that hasn't been in some way applicable to the lyrics of the song was the, what's the guy, Aphex Twin? Oh, yeah. Well, that, and that's an ambient song. Yeah, it's just an ambient song. So what meaning, like anytime there's ambient music or just uh, like techno music in that way, there's no meaning attached to it. There it's just purely sound. But everything else, it always fits in some capacity. Um, and now that he's really into the Bible, it would make sense that he would take that same process. To us, it makes sense that he would do that same thing, but with the Bible. Yeah, which to me is like, duh. <laughs> like, it's a much harder argument to say like, ooh, like this lyric from this song that he's interpolating means something to the narrative. Like, I could see somebody kind of rolling their eyes at that, like if they don't think Kanye is doing narratives on his albums. But I don't know, man, when when you're steeped in the Bible and like that's what your life is seemingly all about, like preaching the word of God and having a Sunday service, like his whole life seems to have been upended by religion so it, it makes sense to me that if he's constantly reading the bible every night before bed which he says he does that that language is naturally going to creep into your lyrics so well, we have two like lines in the song that are phrases specifically from psalms in the bible yeah and then you have another phrase that we'll get to at another point that is clearly um a snippet of a phrase but we know that kanye has read that part, Ephesians 6, and <laughs> thought about it and almost included it on the album. So we're seeing these like direct, perfect references and also these indirect, kind of in quotes, imperfect references um, that may seem a little more like, are you sure? <laughs> but uh, we know that there's evidence for like, yes, this does ca connect to that because he was thinking about this. He wrote the name and the phrase down. Uh, so every hour would be less one of those perfect phrases where it's just the exact word and phrase with enough of them that you're mm -hmm. like, okay, that's the same. But yes. It just so happens that that exact phrase only appears one time in the Bible. <laughs> um, God, let's just launch into this. So 1 Corinthians is a Pauline epistle um, known as the letters of Paul. And Paul, we know Kanye loves Paul. <laughs> he, you know wrote an entire album from as him as like a modern day Paul, you know, this Pablo character. And so Paul wrote these letters regarding this time in the city of Corinth in Greece. And they really provide a lot of insight into the beliefs and controversies of early Christianity. Like Paul visited the city because he found that immorality had plagued them. You know, they, they worshiped Aphrodite and fostered prostitution in the name of their religion and everything. Like 
they were so immoral actually that uh the a phrase was formed around them called to corinthian corinthianize <laughs> and it came to mean to practice sexual immorality so the purpose of paul's writings here were to instruct and restore the church in its areas of weakness and its false teachings and i guess the big thing was they didn't believe in the resurrection of jesus of christ and so kind of the the outline of first corinthians i think it's 16 chapters total like the first six chapters cover the misconception of the christian message and the the next eight chapters are like instructions on marriage and public worship but the 15th one is the really important one and where we get this phrase every hour and the 15th chapter just covers the resurrection of Jesus. And kind of the whole, I guess the, the journey of the 15th chapter is that, you know, Christ died for our sins and his resurrection then serves as a metaphor for like the baptism of man, of this kind of spiritual rebirth you can experience. Uh, verse 12 reads, for since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. And this is where we get the every hour line uh, from chapter 15, lines 29 to 34, which Chris will now read because I can't do this shit. <laughs> uh, now, if there is no resurrection, what will those do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I face death every day. Yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us drink and eat, for tomorrow we die. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning, for there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. So when we hear the the context of every hour in this, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? Uh, to me, it it really feels like this idea of you endanger yourself every hour because it's through this uh, praise of God. It's through making people uh, know about God's existence, who enlightening them who are ignorant that you're able to then save. And it's through the resurrection and through this baptism that all of us are saved. So it becomes like critical and crucial to endanger yourselves every hour to talk about Christ in order to get this point across. Because if you fought wild beast in Ephesus with no more hope, with no more than human hopes, what is there? Mm -hmm. The human element in and of itself is presented as something hollow. It's only through the spiritual accompaniments of Christ, Jesus, God, that gives it more meaning and makes it gain worthy. Yeah, which I think really speaks to the journey of the album. Like it makes me just think First Corinthians is <laughs> just an outline for everything you'll hear from there on out. It, you know, it's it's one thing to live on earth as a believer of God, you know, as a Christian. It's another to enact the word of God and to kind of go out there and fight in the name of God, the way it's being framed here. And I don't think it's seen as a bad thing, which again is like, makes me wonder if there is even any real negative energy on the album, but instead Connie just in a different ramped up state, like ready to fight because he feels that's part of his duty. There's this whole part at the end of 
first Corinthians chapter 15, where he's talking about, you know, the body is so the body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It's, it's getting at this idea that we're born as flawed human beings, but then we become a part of heaven if we live by God's word. So to me, that's kind of the journey. The whole album is Kanye slowly embracing who he needs to be to get into heaven, to be, you know, in God's heaven, be at the right hand of God and be there with him and helping him carry out his mission in the afterlife. It's kind of taking that on here on earth in his mortal body. Well, yeah, there's that one line, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. And I think that that would be kind of the duality that we have here is the first half of the chiasm is... uh, (laughs) is more weakness or their weaker moments sure. and the last half is more power and both are well-intentioned but they each have their different energies to them yeah and the different specificities and i think we do see maybe early on this idea that there's a need to help raise the dead and that's what every hour is trying to get at is saying like hey you need to be singing because if not, we should just eat and drink mm. for tomorrow we die. And by the end of the album, you really do see Kanye in a place where he is helping to raise the dead. Yeah. And, you know, every hour, like you're saying, like it's all singing, it's all gospel choir and psalms are written in this style of music. Like it, it's getting this idea that music captures something special. And I, I think that's what the end of the very end of first Corinthians really gets at. It again, signals the journey of the album because this inheritance you earn as somebody who carries out the word of God, you know, being able to go to heaven and be recognized by God. This is symbolized through music lines 51, 52 of chapter 15. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash and the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed i'm gonna let chris take this one. Oh my god the trumpet moment i think is the coolest thing so as travis just said there's this idea that it's at the the last trumpet and when the trumpet sounds that the dead will be raised and that like everything will be changed and on this album <laughs> Uh, Kanye isn't really known for using brass instruments, right? Like a trumpet in his albums. Like pianos are in there, guitars are in there, synths are in there for sure, but not a lot of brass instruments. And you have this idea of the trumpet being foreshadowed on Corinthians 1 or Corinthians 15, where the phrase every hour comes from. And then by the end of the album, we get on Jesus is Lord for brass instruments. And the first one is really introduced the saxophone on Use This Gospel. Hold on to your brother when his faith lost. So the whole album builds up to this climactic moment on Use This Gospel where we have a, a highlight that's a saxophone solo that's really given this breath and space to showcase itself, which might seem strange if you're just like, why have a sax solo? <laughs> but when you understand that the idea that 
there's something to the trumpet, the brass instruments. Uh, there's more in the Bible and some of the, the things that we're going to talk about that get at the instruments uh, being used in this praise of God, that when we get to Jesus as Lord and you hear there being uh, a tuba, a trumpet, a trombone, and a saxophone, and a French horn, and a euphonium. I don't even know if that's a brass instrument, but you have like a medley of brass instruments in there. Jesus is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue and it all to me seems to come back to this idea of the trumpet that's foreshadowed here. And that's really, like, again, characterizing the journey that we're going to this place where it's setting up the idea that you need to raise the dead and that you need to be able to sing for God, sing for Jesus, because that's the way you get people to realize the Lord's power. And that's when the power really comes down. And by the end of the album, you have that swelling of power in the sense of Jesus is Lord. Yeah. And on Jesus is Lord, we get the lines, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, Jesus is Lord. And how does Paul close out 1 Corinthians after he talks about this music coming? After he talks about this trumpet, like shining its heavenly light down on you? But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of Lord, of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Well, so now do we get to the actual specific lyrics? Yeah, I guess so. I guess we should probably do that 35 minutes in. (laughs) Ah, we're right back to it. Have it lost a step. (laughs) So the chorus begins with sing every hour, and you have kind of a a multitude of voices going on. You have one group that's saying, sing every hour, every minute, every second. Sing each and every millisecond. We need you, we need you, we need you, oh, we need you. And the we need you really seems to be saying that your voice needs to be added to this choir, right? Like, it can't just be us alone. Like, we need you, we need you, we need you. And then you have an echoing (laughs) uh, number of voices that are just repeating the the chronal references every hour every minute every second uh we need you we need you so you just kind of get that call and response and it's really like a call and response setup and then you have the final group that is finishing some phrases so sing every hour gets the response of till the power every minute of the lord every second comes sing each and every millisecond down And that last group is really saying, sing every hour till the power of the Lord comes down. (laughs) So you have these layers already in the different choral voices, and you have the message and the meaning of, we need you to join your voice in this because we have to bring the power of the Lord down to everybody. And so you really do get this sense of a, a, a pull towards something, a pull to inclusion, a pull to add your voice. 
And that's why we say that this album is really setting up that idea of adding your voice to the choir and what's yeah. it mean to add your voice to the choir. Yeah, it's kind of a similar opening to Ultra Light Beam where it's another gospely song that, you know, has a choir and has that uplifting sound that Kanye's not really a part of. Kanye's not even in every hour. <laughs> so okay, we got that. But Ultra Light Beam, he's there, but he's not really part of the energy of the song, which I think is really representative of his journey. You know, he's not singing in a choir. He's kind of he's next to it. We on a ultra light beam. We on a ultra light beam. This is a God dream. This is a God dream. This is everything. Everything. He he wants to channel that energy. He wants to find power from it. And that's what the album ends up being. You know, that's the journey he goes on. That's why Ultra Light Beam isn't exactly part of the narrative we'll see, but more of like this overview, this landscape view. And I think that's kind of what we get here. Although every hour is a little bit more part of the story. It's it's this, um, I think it represents a, the state that Connie's in at the beginning. Because again, being bipolar, very ramped up. The song is very sped up and a little manic and um, isn't exactly the same as when you hear the song that it's brought in a lot of its lyrics from Now Let Us Sing, which is just like a straightforward gospel song. Yeah, Now Let Us Sing is, uh, I guess, a popular song. Um, Hymnary.org mentions the publication date being 1978 and you get the lyrics now let us sing sing till the power of the lord comes down uh lift up your voice lift up lift up your voice be not afraid mm. uh now let us sing till the power of the lord comes down and that idea of being not afraid to add your voice to the choir i think also gets to what we're saying about this setting up the idea of somebody joining and you even look back to ultra light beam and right when Kanye first starts talking, saying we on an ultra light beam, we have the dream behind him saying, I'm trying to keep my faith. I'm trying to keep my faith. But I'm looking for more. Somewhere I can feel safe. And in my holy war. That's one of the first things that we hear is this idea that there's a struggle for faith. And then Kirk Franklin has the outro. Father, this prayer is for everyone that feels they're not good enough. This prayer is for everybody that feels that they're too messed up. And it says, Father, this prayer is for everyone that feels they're not good enough. This prayer is for everybody that feel that they're too messed up. For everyone that feels they've said I'm sorry too many times. So it's people that really doubt their ability to be forgiven by God or that feel like they've sinned so much that God can't bring them back or that they can't return to the faith. So then you have the lines for everyone that feels they've said, I'm sorry too many times. You can never go too far when you can't come back home again. And that's reinforced later on low lights. Me to give you a testimony about my life. And how good he's been to me. 
I don't know what to tell you about him. I love him so much with all my heart and my soul. With every bone in my body, I love him so much because he's done so much for me. Every morning, every day of my life, I won't always be crying tears. You're wondering, like, what he means to me, what he's been there for me. Like, I, this is it. Like, you want me to give you a testimony about my life and how good he's been to me. And she's just saying, like, you know, he accepts me through everything and he's been there for me and it gives me strength to be accepted for who you are and love no matter what. That's the that's the thing that Pablo on the life mm -hmm. of Pablo has to realize. And that's the thing that on Wolves, we eventually see him and Kim kind of understanding is that even though they both feel that they have been too wild and are too broken, they can still love each other. You too well, you too well. And that might seem incredible to them that somebody will love at them even though they're broken, but they love somebody else that's broken. And in that there's this empowerment and this beauty and this forgiveness of the other, forgiveness of self. And that becomes a manifestation of Kanye's relationship with God in that and being able to come back to God. But there's something here that's that same idea of there still being a, a fear of adding your voice to the group. Yeah. I mean, again, the line it pulls from in 1 Corinthians, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? It's interesting that he takes this pretty straightforward gospel song that it's just about seeming until the Lord comes down. And he's really taking that hint of, you know, being not afraid. And I, I think he just takes that element of the song and really blows it up to like a Kanye level <laughs> because that's Kanye's whole journey forever, right? Like being at peace of himself and not being scared to be himself and not letting the world tell him he can't be himself. Like he, I think there's a, a little bit of a dauntingness to this song that he isn't just say be not afraid which would be kind of obvious it's seen every hour every minute every second every millisecond it's he warps the lyrics and changes it into something very urgent and uh ups the tempo of the song to the point where it doesn't even sound like a gospel song anymore it, it sounds like a production it sounds very much the opposite of jesus as lord at the end where the brass instruments come in and it's very calm and meditative and you really do feel like the light is finally shining down on Kanye. Here, it seems like he wants to channel that. He wants to sing until the power of the Lord comes down, but it's he hasn't quite found the proper state to be a good Christian in yet. Yeah, and I think there's probably a meta element to that question too. Why do we endanger ourselves every hour? And that jammed up against like lift up your voice, be not afraid. We know that as far back as Jesus walks, Kanye talked about you can rap about sex, drugs, lies, videotape, but you rap about God and your record won't get played.
And as bold as it was to have Jesus Walks and Never Let Me Down on his album, Kanye didn't really continue in the religious gospel vein on his albums after that. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think Late Registration had another song that was similar to that. Graduation certainly didn't, uh, unless you call like the sample of the glory similar. (laughs) But uh, then you look at where he goes with 808s and My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Yeezus, far, far away from Jesus Walks. And Kanye has talked about how he thought Life of Pablo was a gospel album. And even as religious as Life of Pablo was, it still felt very much a hip hop album rather than a gospel album. And you can, I think, see Kanye reaching a point where he is going to not be fearful of being unabashedly Christian. And instead of feeling like it's going to be something that sets him back, it's going to be something that powers him forward. And I think part of that gets at that idea of like endangering yourself every hour. He's ready to put himself with this album in that spot where he's imperiling himself, but he's doing it because he wants to wake people up. He wants to get people praising the Lord. He wants to make it uh, okay to sing and for people to add their voice. Yeah, which I think really speaks to his Sunday service gospel choir. You know, they're the stars of this first song, and it's really representative of that, this church he wanted to start. Part of his way of getting the word out there and and finding his voice, I think, was doing these choirs and doing music with them and finding a new kind of sound. It's it's really kind of beautiful to just showcase them at the beginning, even though it's in this crazy <laughs> up-tempo manner. Like, he, he kind of makes them the stars of this moment, and I think it just becomes representative of his journey in that way. Mm-hmm. So we get to the, the first verse, finally. <laughs> and... <laughs> have the full phrase now coming to fruition sing till the power of the lord comes down sing till the power of the lord comes down Uh, and then we get the additional let everything that have breath praise god and this is really our first direct direct like perfect bible Mm -hmm. reference and it comes from is it psalm 150 150 my friend the last one oh yeah oh yeah so 150 psalms in the bible This is Psalm 150. Uh, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpets. Oh, praise him with the harp and lyre. (laughs) Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. (laughs) So, Curious. Yeah. Wow. If you, so uh, the other, we have a, another line, praising the Lord, praise God in a sanctuary is used later in uh, every hour. 
but you have both of those phrases coming from Psalm 150. And that idea of let everything that has breath praise the Lord is the eventual eventual arrival place that you want to get to. And part of this process that Psalm 150 lays out is bringing in the trumpet, <laughs> uh, bringing in the timbrel and the dancing, the strings and the pipe, all these musical sounds and notes that end up praising God. So the cacophony, the beautiful cacophony that we hear on Jesus is Lord seems to be payoff then of Psalm 150. But Kanye is just foreshadowing it here with references to let everything that has breath praise the Lord and praise God in his sanctuary. So the first and last lines of the psalm. Yep. All right, I'm chopping at the bit here. When, when do we get to Ephesians? Oh my God. Okay. So... Sing to the power of the Lord comes down for his mighty works and his excellent grace and his mighty power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so mighty power is a phrase that also appears twice in the Bible. Uh, the first time is in Psalm 106 and it arrives in the description of the Israelites leaving Egypt and when Moses is leading them out of Egypt and they get to the Red Sea, it says, When our ancestors were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember your many kindnesses. And they rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his name's sake to make his mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea and it dried up. He led them through the depths as through a desert. So there it just you know, talks about the Israelis going out of Egypt, parting the Red Sea, arriving in the desert, Moses getting the, the Ten Commandments and everything that follows there. But uh, you get the first mention of the mighty power and him being able to save people and bring them out of a situation in which they were, they were slaves. And then you also have it in Ephesians 6. So Ephesians 6, it's mentioned under the section called the armor of god so starting with line 10 finally be strong in the lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of god so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against the flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms Ooh. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Whew. 
Uh, and then in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Yeah, so a lot of not being oppressed, right? Whether that's from the Egyptians or from all of the rulers and authorities and powers of this dark world that would gather against. But a lot of the language in there about using the breastplate of righteousness and the sword and all of that, it just, it makes me think of use this gospel and the idea that you use the gospel for protection. Use this gospel for protection. It's a hard road to heaven. We call on your blessings. In the Father, we put our faith. Kingdom, the kingdom. And we even saw on the first track list that Kim Kardashian posted on Twitter, uh, not the Manila folder that has the actual track list that wasn't the actual track list, but uh, <laughs> if you look at the Manila folder, there's also a notepad up into the right. And then another sheet of paper that looks like it had an original track list that predated the one on the folder. And on that track list, you see Sweet Jesus, Wake the Dead, Glade, Baptized, a couple others, but also Breastplate of Righteousness or Breastplate of Rights. So we know that Kanye had Ephesians 6 in the armor of God in mind at some point for a song title in referencing the breastplate of righteousness. And this is what we're talking about with like, you know, every hour, does it connect to first Corinthians 15? Maybe, (laughs) but his mighty power might seem like a, oh, could that possibly just be a reference to Ephesians 6? Mm. Yeah. When (laughs) we know that Kanye was thinking about breastplate of righteousness uh, at some point it was going to use it for a song. You can then see that, yeah, he makes that reference here. And that probably then is a reference for use this gospel for protection. You want another connection between first Corinthians and Ephesians. You know, who wrote Ephesians? Who wrote Ephesians? Paul himself. What? Mr. Pablo. <laughs> and then... Corinthians 15, if I fought wild beast in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? Yeah. I, uh, again, I think this gets at the energy of the album and that when you're fighting in those first five songs, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, spiritual warfare isn't negative in quotes. It's more just like, it's almost necessary. It's just part of your journey as a Christian. And it doesn't need to be seen as like combative necessarily, but just like this fight you have to partake in and you doing your duty, spreading the word of God and trying to tell others about the word of God so you can, you know, enrich their lives and make their lives better. And that's really part of what this is. But I think a lot of times the language makes it seem kind of combative and over the top. But I, I, uh, you know, Ephesians six here to me, that's, that really captures the beauty of it. Like it's not necessarily that you're fighting and that you could die. It's that you're wearing the full armor of God. God is protecting you because you're fighting for him and you're carrying out his word that applies directly. I think to Moses parting the sea, like he's using this power he got from God because he had to go out and lead these people somewhere good. It's, it's meant to be seen as like 
something you wear to protect you as opposed to like a weapon you use against people. God, not to bring in even more references, but <laughs> we are a few days away from the debut of the opera that Kanye talked about, Nebuchadnezzar. Mm. <laughs> and Nebuchadnezzar's story takes place in the book of Daniel. Uh, he's mentioned in chapter one as he takes over Israel. And he's just kind of mentioned as like, oh, this guy came in and he took over Israel. Daniel, this is what Daniel was doing. But he's really the focus of chapters two, three, and four, and Daniel's interactions with him. And first, Daniel interprets a, a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, and the other people couldn't tell him what the dream was. That was the weird thing. Nebuchadnezzar was just being like, tell me what I dreamed, <laughs> and then tell me what it means. And all of his people were like, what? We can't do that. Like, oh, what? how do we? So Daniel's like, God told me this was your dream. And this is what it means. And Nebuchadnezzar's like, oh, your God's pretty cool, but didn't like buy into the Christian God at that point, right? Or the God of the Hebrews. Mm -hmm. um, then the next story, <laughs> uh, Nebuchadnezzar builds like a, a 90 foot tall gold thing that he wants everybody to pray to and give praise to. And these three guys that are Jewish and pray to like the Hebrew God they refuse and Nebuchadnezzar's just like well I'm gonna kill anybody that refuses and they're like we still refuse because our god is like the only god that we'll pray to we're not gonna pray to this giant gold idol that you put up so Nebuchadnezzar's like I'm gonna throw you in a fire like I am going to throw you into this furnace if you don't do it and they're like eh, eh god's gonna protect us like it's okay god will protect us and he's like all right and throws them into the fire and they sit there just fine like they're standing there not burning and nebuchadnezzar's kind of rubbing his eyes and he's like wait are they okay is that an angel beside them get those guys out of here so then they bring him out and he's like well okay your god is really powerful and uh i give praise to him <laughs> and then it's the next story where god strips nebuchadnezzar of his crown and then drives him crazy and makes him go out into the wild for some amount of time before restoring Nebuchadnezzar's sanity and then restoring his crown. And at that point, Nebuchadnezzar becomes fully converted to Jesus and God. Oh, gosh. Are we done yet? <laughs> so... Yeah, talk about like being like in the armor of God. Like those guys were thrown into fire because they believed and they were fine. So, yeah. it, and I think a big part of this too is you know Kanye compared Nebuchadnezzar to his Jesus period, and I think a big part of that, I feel like you can see a lot of that energy in this reference and throughout the album is that when Jesus was fighting for God and say like I am a God, there's a honesty and beauty to like the sentiments, I guess like. Kanye sees himself as like an equal to God. He, he's channeling his inner God and is going to carry out the word of God. It, the problem with Jesus is that his ego completely takes over and he's more thinking about himself than he's thinking about like the good he can do with God's word to where here I, it's like that journey Nebuchadnezzar goes on. It's, it's realizing what good you can do with your power and not being so self-centered and self-focused and um, thinking about what your power and what your high 
level of status can do. So the verse ends with kind of this like joyousness with the let us sing and knowing what your role is and what's at stake. And then you just repeat the chorus the same way again. You repeat the bridge and the bridge does have the version of uh, sing till the power of the Lord falls down and we are to sing till the power of the Lord comes down. So maybe that active passive dynamic going on again. Uh, and then the chorus one more time. And I think one really important thing to note here, and I don't want to dip into Salah too soon, but the second every hour ends, Salah starts and they have completely different tones. is king we the soldiers ultra beam out the solar when i get to heaven's gates i ain't gotta peek over keeping perfect composure when i scream at the even though every hour is kind of sped up and doesn't seem like you're part of reality like it's still a gospel song like it's still something very joyous and very upbeat which is the switch to salah which is like synthy organy like it, it carries this like heavy weight immediately that is completely the opposite and it happens so quickly that i almost feel like it's part of every hour that like every hour and salah are kind of one being kind of like uh, father stretch my hands part one and two like those energies are meant to juxtapose each other and contrast each other um, and i think it's even more jarring here it, you, you can't it, i remember the first time i listened to the album i was completely thrown off by it and thought it was like such a crazy decision by Kanye. I thought it made no sense. And now it's like, oh, like he's really showing you that he's trying to capture this energy of every hour by immediately juxtaposing it with like something droney and opposite. Well, yeah, you see how like full and energetic every hour is because of the choir. And then when you go to Sela, it's just one voice. And it's somebody that's not adding their voice to the choir yet, right? And not in the same way. And having that emptiness and that space contrasting the two really does set up that idea of the power of the group versus the individual. If you woke and wake up, would you just kiss and make up? Even with the bitter cup, but gave my brothers a drink up. Did everything but gave up. And it, again, it's, to me, it reminds me of Ultra Light Beam because in Salah, we have the choir coming back in. And they're singing Hallelujah while Kanye is not singing. He's rapping and it's very heavy and angry. It's, again, very outside of what, you know, is godly, which what is accepted by the community, what is like in quotes, like being a good Christian. And um, I, I think, that, again, you can weave the choir from every hour in with the choir from Salah. It's, it's all meant to capture that energy. Oh, well, I think that's all I got. Yeah, gosh, I'm late for happy hour. <laughs> uh, just an hour to talk about a song that has less <laughs> unique lines than Streetlights. <laughs> 
we just spent in it twice as long as the album is talking about the first song. How do you feel about that? <sighs> I feel pretty, pretty gosh darn good. I feel pretty sexy. Yeah. I uh, can't wait to get into uh, Salah. 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 Eh. The beauty is nobody says it the same, so you could say it anyway and be right. The weirdest thing about that word is like if you Google the word and look it up, it's feels like it's literally the most mysterious word in existence. <laughs> like people have translated so much of the Bible and then they're like, we don't know what this means. It could be <laughs> a pause. It could mean like reflection. It could mean, uh, I don't know. And nobody knows how to pronounce it either. So just do with it what you want. It's kind of like a a blank tile in Scrabble. So of course Kanye would use it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing too. It's associated with the Psalms, right? Right. And here the Psalms have been such a big part of just setting up the album. It's kind of fitting that something that's so necessary to them is where we start with Kanye coming in. Hmm. He's challenging us in different ways. Yep. He'll give us what we need. I want it, though. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Me too. Well, so we'll be back in uh, a week's time. Yeah. Uh, But until then, make sure you visit our Twitter page and uh, check out the Kanye West Song Tournament bracket we created, where... The Kanye community is going to be voting on Twitter for a bunch of song matchups we've organized. There's 154 songs, I think, in the bracket. And only one can win, and only you can decide. Oh, yeah. And what's that What's that bracket called? The Best Kanye West Song Tournament Deathmatch Extreme. Yeah. And you can make predictions for the whole bracket. Uh, there's a bunch of people making predictions now. For, I think we're in the 300s, and uh, you can win. You could be number one, and it's all about bragging rights this year. Yeah, and we've this is the third year we've done the online version on Twitter. It goes from December 1st to December 25th, and the previous winners aren't in it. So if you want to find out what's missing, go check out the brackets. <laughs> We're not going to tell you. And no, no. Got to have a little a little mystery in life, you know? Yeah. Um and, and one last thing, um you may have heard on our last episode, but we're moving all of our sound analyses over to Patreon. Um, and you'll be able to listen to all of them for $5 a month. Um, but we're kind of clearing up our feed or public feed because we're going to be switching up the show a little bit. So this week we're moving all of the late registration episodes over there. So if you're wondering why they're gone, that's why. Yeah. And part of this is because after we finish Jesus is King getting into 2020, we're going to be doing a whole new style of analysis going back over those albums so we didn't want to have the new episodes clashing with the old. So our new analysis is still going to be uh, available to everybody free of charge on everything. But all of the analysis from 2015 <laughs> into uh, 2019 before Jesus is King go into the archive. So week by week, one album gets uh, thrown into the vault. But your uh, your support on Patreon is very much appreciated. And we'll leave Jesus as King up for a bit, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Like a day. 
and then it's done. It's gone. Yeah, you're going to have to sing for it. <laughs> All right, let's cue the trumpets and get out of here. All right. Oh, isn't that where he used trumpets? Yeah, sure. Uh, go, go ahead and keep playing. Touch the sky. Yeah, but keep playing. I can't do it anymore. No, on, I'm getting nervous. No, come on, come on, come on. No. Ah, ah, stay All wavy. Right. All right, and loopy and holy. And I am. And they ask me, they ask me, they ask me. I tell them. Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky. Yeah. This is the 